Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hey, and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. My name is Tom Singer, and I am so happy to be the host of this podcast. I have been hosting this show for well over a year now. I have interviewed over a hundred entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and people who have that, that entrepreneurial spirit that just makes them want to achieve, whether they're inside a company, starting a company, if they have a side hustle. I have interviewed the CEO of big companies like Ghirardelli Chocolate, and I have interviewed people who have just started their first week as a consultant. And it has been a great journey for me to be able to interview these people and learn from them. And the byproduct also is I get to share those interviews with all of you. So thank you so much for tuning in. So today, the show is probably going to be late. It might even show up on a Wednesday. Oh my gosh, I don't know that that's ever happened in the whole year of the show. But today was a travel day, and I decided when I arrived at my destination, I was going to do something different. I didn't have an interview scheduled in the can, and so I thought, you know what? I am going to do a show where I'm just going to talk a little bit, and the topic's going to be about sales because that has really been on my mind a lot. It's on the mind of a lot of my coaching clients, and I'm starting to do more talks to sales teams, especially as we get into the end of the year, but I was going to do the talk while sitting on the beach. This was going to be the first beach cast for cool things entrepreneurs do. I'm very fortunate this week. I am speaking for an awesome group of financial services professionals who are at the very top. They are the top producers in the whole world doing what they do, selling financial planning and insurance products. And these people are, they're the, they're the best that's out there. And what I love, when I work with high producers, it really gets me really fired up. And the reason for that is the people at the very top are really less judgmental. They're hungry for new ideas. Somebody asked me, who is another speaker and speaks on the topic of networking and business development, she said to me, why would this organization hire you to be their opening keynote speaker? And I'm sure she meant that as a compliment, but it just sort of came off like, you know, come on, why? And I, I said, I don't understand what you mean. And she said, well, why would this group hire someone to come in and talk about networking? And first of all, I do so much more than talk about networking that it just sort of made me laugh. And it reminded me that people put you in a box, they size you up, they make judgments, and they put you on a shelf and leave you there forever. But the other thing was, she said, you know, these people, if they're in financial services and they've grown huge practices, they clearly already fully understand everything there is to know about business development, their network, and their brand. Why would they want to listen to you? And it made me laugh because she totally missed the point. I have discovered through my observations that the people who are performing at the top levels never think they know it all. They always want to hear topics, even topics that they have mastered. They always want to hear people come in with a different angle on that subject because when somebody comes in and tells it a little differently, maybe they pick up 1%. But you know what? If you're producing millions of dollars a year and you can tweak it 1%, that has a material impact 
on your bottom line. And so I'm really excited about this group. It's at a beautiful resort in Naples, Florida. I was able to fly in and I got here in the afternoon and I took my recording device, my little portable studio with me out to the beach. And I walked around and I kind of got to a nice secluded area and I sat watching all the people walk by and I got my thoughts together for, for what I wanted to share today on cool things entrepreneurs do. And I got really excited seeing all these people sitting outside on the beach in the afternoon on, on a Tuesday, no less. And, and I was fired up. And so I hit record and I recorded what maybe was going to be the best episode this show has ever had. However, I didn't take into effect how much wind there was, and how many seagulls there were flying around me. And when I went back and I listened to the recording so that I could send it to my production company to get it uploaded today, I sent it off, or before I sent it off, I listened to it, as I always do, just to see if there's anything that really needs to be edited or if there's any areas of it I need to warn them about. And you couldn't understand what I was saying. It was as if I was in a wind tunnel with like, you know, Alfred Hitchcock, the birds flying all around me. You could hear me, but it was like... And it was so distracting. And then you kept hearing the seagulls go, caw, 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 caw. I felt like when I listened to it, it's like people would be like, what is happening? Is Tom okay? Are the birds attacking him? And so I came back to my hotel room and I am sitting here with, yes, just a glass of water. I, I wish it was a beer. And I'm looking out my window. The sun's about to set. Tuesday is about to be over. And I'm re-recording what is going to be the best episode that you've ever listened to of cool things? So, you know, the best plans that we have often go astray. And I think for those of you who are entrepreneurs and own your own businesses, or really anybody who works in any capacity, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You have the best intentions for the way you want things to go in your business, in your life, you know, on your vacation, you know, when you're recording your podcast, you have the best intentions for how it's going to be. And then something comes along and the wind blows too much, the birds squawk too much, and all of your plans go out the door. But it's okay because here we are and I'm very fortunate to still be able to re-record today's episode and to get it out to you. And I'm so fortunate to get to be doing what I love. I love to work with associations and companies who have meetings to really help set the tone for their meeting. And in this case, I'm gonna be the opening keynote speaker and I'm going to do my talk about how do you maximize a conference and how do you maximize relationships in your business to really take yourself to the next level, whether you're just starting out, starting out or if you're at the top of the table, like the group that I'm speaking to. And then I'm gonna stay on and be the master of ceremonies for the entire conference. And that is always such a cool thing because when I speak, you know, that's great. People like it. They learn, they take notes, they get inspired. But oftentimes I'm gone before, you know, the end of the day. And by the end of their conference, they're like, yeah, that opening was really good. What was that guy's name? Was his name Todd? But when I'm the MC, I get to stay with them. And what I get to do is I get to be their conference catalyst. And I get to kind of reinforce the message all throughout the conference. Every time I take the stage in the morning and in the afternoon, when I launch them off into breaks or to happy hour, I get to sort of remind them of what they can do to get out of their clicks, to put their phones away, and to really have those human-to-human -human connections that people want to have when they come to a conference. Because let's face it, the number one reason people go to live events is for the networking opportunities. I mean, yeah, they want the education, they want to learn, and they want to hear from the great celebrity speakers. But in reality, what they want is to connect with their peers so that they can have that, that 
ongoing conversation so that they can tweak the ideas that they hear and really put it into practice to launch their business even farther. So I am feeling really excited lately, and one of the reasons is I have some really awesome clients this fall, and also I'm, you know, I get to do this podcast all the time, and there's never a day, sometimes I'm a little behind in getting it recorded, but there's never a time I look at my schedule and I know that I have an interview coming up when I'm not thrilled, and we've got some really good interviews scheduled coming up over the next couple of weeks, so I urge you to keep turning, tuning in because it's you listeners who are tuning in and then like sending me emails and tweets and reaching out to me in other ways and telling me, hey, I really liked this episode. A couple episodes ago, we had Kevin Miller, the San Antonio middle school teacher who realized while talking to his kids that he was trying to inspire these kids who were in seventh and eighth grade to go out and follow their passions in life, to, to really go for their dreams. And the kids had asked him, Mr. Miller, is Coach Miller, are you following your dreams? And he had to answer honestly to him. And he said, no, I'm not. I really wanted to be a television and film actor. And so over the summer, he got headshots done. He started looking for an agent. He enrolled in his first classes. And now he's actually been cast in a play. He's had callbacks for television commercials. Now, he still has his job as a teacher, but he is going forth and actually now pursuing that dream. Even though he's 37 years old, I have gotten so many emails from people saying that his story really touched them and really inspired them. And they thanked me for bringing him on the show. And that just gets me so excited to do the next show because I know that somebody is going to be inspired by what we talk about today and somebody else will be inspired by the interview we do next week. So I'm excited about that. I'm also really excited about this group coaching project that I'm starting to put together. And if you've been listening to the last few episodes, I just started talking about it because a couple of listeners asked me if I wanted to do something like that. And a couple of people have emailed. It's not like I've sold it out. In fact, I don't even have a plan in place yet. I'm still kind of putting my toe in the water to see who's interested. And I'm going to talk about it at the end of this episode. But if you're looking to have a group that's going to help motivate you to get you a little more focused about what your dream is and maybe your entrepreneurial journey, I want to help facilitate that. I want to help be part of that. So reach out and let me know and I'll give you all the details and, and we'll talk about it at the end. But I'm also excited because today was a travel day and yet I booked two speaking engagements for 2016. When my plane landed, I had two contracts in my, in my, um, in my email box. And I don't care who you are. When contracts come in, you get excited. And I got two keynotes, one to be the master of ceremonies and one to be the opening keynote for two different trade associations. And what's cool about trade associations for me is they are all so different. I work with people in, I've, I've spoken at, at uh, an association of junkyard owners, of truck stop uh, owners. I've talked to concrete block manufacturers. I've talked to doctors and lawyers and every single thing you can imagine, there are associations for it out there. And so I love it when I get hired for associations because I know when their conference rolls around, one is in March and one is in April, I know when the, these two conferences roll around that it's going to be an entirely eclectic and new group of people. So I get very excited when I get hired because speaking is what I do and, and I like people and I just love the fact that they picked me it's such an honor to be able to be asked to come and be the host, the master of ceremonies or that opening keynoter. But the second reason I get so excited is because it's sales. And I started my career as a salesperson. And if I really look at, if you were to say, Tom, when it really comes down to what are you in business? Yeah, I'm a speaker. But at the end of the day, I'm also a salesperson because if I can't get people to refer me, to have a conversation with me, to hire me, then there is no business. At the, end of, at the end of every single day, 
we have to have income in order for our businesses to work. So whether we work for a large company or we work for ourselves, there has to be income hitting that bottom line of the company or there are no paychecks. And so sales, I always say that sales is the oldest profession and it's an honorable profession. Every now and then I'll work with somebody, I'll coach somebody who goes, oh, well, salespeople, and they'll kind of sneer their nose. And I'm like, no, if you work for a company that has salespeople, you need to go and thank them. So several years ago, I worked for a publishing company and I sold advertising in these special projects that they did around the country for chambers of commerce. They produced relocation magazines, membership directories, and then these beautiful coffee table books that were high-end gifts that those chambers used to try and recruit employers to move their companies to their city. And so I used to travel from city to city and spend four or five months working on these special projects, working in conjunction with the local chambers of commerce. And this was a really sales-oriented business. The guy who ran the business, he had his sales hat on. It was a family business, but he was a salesman through and through. And my sales manager was the best sales manager I've ever worked for in my life. And Steve, if you ever listen to this, yes, I actually said that out loud. You were the best manager I ever had. And one of the reasons was, is he knew how to manage a sales team. He knew that every person on that team was an individual and he did things to motivate us, to get us to go. And it was different. The person I worked on projects with, she was motivated by different things than I was. But anyway, I worked, you know, I worked for this company and we had to call our numbers and this was before the internet. This was before email. We had to call the company on Friday, get the CFO on the phone and give him our numbers for the week of how many contracts we had in. What was our sales as a sales team? And I think there were 10 or 12 salespeople around the country working on projects. We had to give them our numbers every single week. And I always remember when I would call that company, the receptionist would answer the phone and I would identify myself. And I remember this specifically one day, the week before I had been the top salesperson in the company. And it was the first time I had ever had that number one sales for the week. And it did happen several times after that. But I always remember the first time it happened because I called in and the receptionist answered the phone. And when I identified myself, she said, Tom, I want to thank you for working so hard and producing the sales that you produce. And it embarrassed me a little bit because I was making really good money. I didn't know what she made, but I just was, it, it made me a little uncomfortable. And I, I kind of hemmed and I hawed instead of just taking the compliment. And she said, no, Tom, I want you to listen to me. I love working here. I love my job. And if it wasn't for you salespeople, I couldn't work here. So whoever is the top salesperson every week gets an extra special thank you from me when they call in to speak to William, the CFO. Wow. Are you doing that if you work for a company? Are you going to the salespeople and saying, thank you for what you do? Because your doing it allows me to work here. I've never forgotten that. And, and when I've worked in companies and other roles and people bring in, you know, really big pieces of business, I am always so grateful to them. So yeah, today's episode's a little bit about sales because I've been really focused on it. And one of the reasons I'm focused on it is this is the time of year when companies really should be focused on their sales because we have just started the fourth quarter. And what that means is we still have time to affect our bottom line. I got those two contracts in today. That puts me way ahead for the first month of this quarter because they were both good deals. But also that means that maybe I could have a record quarter. If I buckled down and really went after it, if I got a couple of really interesting leads, maybe this could be the quarter that I set a record for my little company as a speaker. So I'm all fired up about it. 
But with the year end, if you work for a bigger company, now's the time to get your team together. I'm a real big fan of companies that bring all their salespeople. Heck, I think all hands, but some companies are too big to bring all hands. I'm a real big fan at the end of the year or the beginning of the year when they do an all hands sales meeting to really make sure that everybody is on the same page. And I'm starting to get some calls because I've been working more with sales teams lately for companies who want me to come in and be part of their all hand sales meeting. They want to talk about sort of how sales and networking go hand in hand. So I'm really excited because I think there's a lot of companies out there that really should be, but they don't have to hire me, but I think they really should be bringing their teams together and saying, what did we do right this year? And letting everybody in the room really talk about how they participated and what they did. And then they need to be talking about what do we want to do in 2016. Sometimes people say, well, you know, motivation doesn't really work. I, I disagree with that. I think these people, the other day I posted something on Twitter about motivation and somebody wrote me and said, motivation doesn't work. You know, you can't motivate anybody else. People can only motivate themselves. I think the word motivation I think it has gotten a really bad rap. And I think, you know, if you think back to the old Saturday Night Live skit, you know, with Chris Farley, he was a motivational speaker. And if you remember it, he wore mismatched clothes and he was really fat and he was unkempt. And he was shouting sort of like these Tony Robbins-esque motivational speaker stuff at the people who'd listened to him. But at the end of the day, the Chris Farley character was kind of a loser, right? You all know where he lived. He lived in a van down by the river. He couldn't even afford an apartment or a house. And so they sort of made fun of professional motivational, excuse me, speakers. And when they did that, that skip became so popular that it sort of undermined the way people look at motivation and the people who provide it in our society. And I hear it all the time. People say, oh, motivational speakers, I don't like, I don't like motivation. Motivation doesn't work. Or my favorite one is people say, well, motivation wears off. Yeah, you get really fired up the day of the meeting and maybe you think about it for three or four weeks, but after that, you fall back into your rut. Zig Ziglar had a great quote for that. And he was, you're right, you know, motivation wears off, but so does bathing. That's why we recommend you do it every day. And I always thought that was a great quote because I'm not opposed to motivation. So when you listen to this, you may think, oh, God, Tom, no, motivation's crap. Excuse me, motivation's bad. You know, I don't like that. The truth is, I think motivation's a good thing. And, you know, I don't call myself a motivational speaker. It's not on my business card that way. But the truth is, that's what I do. And I actually think this is a motivational podcast. If you listen to this podcast and you get a little bit fired up from the enthusiasm that I bring or that the people who I interview bring, and it sparks an idea, I think that's a great thing. And if two days later you don't really remember it or it's worn off, well, listen to another episode or get another podcast from a different person. But keep the idea of getting these ideas and going forward. So I always say people to people who kind of diss the whole concept of motivation when it comes to sales and, and getting people fired up to sell more, and they say, oh, you know, I don't like motivational speakers. I don't, I don't think that's going to help our company to bring someone in from the outside to motivate our team. You know, that, that just doesn't work. I always ask them, what is the opposite of motivation? So go ahead. Take a second. Think about it. What's the opposite of motivation? What did you come up with? Most people, when I ask that question, come up with demotivation. Sometimes they come up with, you know, blah, or my favorite, sucks the energy out of the room. So is that what you want? You don't want a motivational speaker, but you want a blah meeting that's demotivating, and you want to make sure you suck the energy out of the room. This is why I think companies who bring in outside speakers, and not just me, but who bring people in to really get their hands around what their team is thinking, because... 
people already have an opinion of their sales manager or of the CEO, and, and they're not necessarily bad opinions, but when you only staff your end of the year meeting or your beginning of the year kickoff with executives from the company, when they come up, people already have put them in a box. They've already judged them and they've already put them aside. Well, we know when that happens, that's not a good thing. People are actually off base when they do that. So even if it's a positive judgment, it's kind of a good idea to bring in some people from the outside who can get people thinking differently and who can get them fired up and who can get them to talk about what it is they need to go out and produce more. And I find that companies that do this regularly, not just a one-off and then maybe three years later they do it, but companies who regularly bring their teams together, celebrate the year, focus on the next year, I find those are the companies that I know that grow. And the companies who say, oh, that stuff doesn't matter, yeah, some of them grow, that's great. But a lot of them are the companies that are stagnant. You know, they said, well, we're saving money this year. We're not gonna do any type of motivational team meeting. Well, I'll tell you what, you can't save your way to success. And people want their companies to invest in them. That's something over the last few years, ever since the recession, you know, the polls have said that people, job satisfaction is at an all-time low. I heard something recently from one survey that said something like 80% of all U.S. workers would change jobs if the job market would open up where they had a lot of opportunities. Well, if that's true, that means that your whole team at work could easily go if that job market opens up because 80% is a big number. So I think you want to motivate your team and you want to motivate them to get back to basics. You want to motivate your sales team to get back to that hand-to-hand, belly-to-belly, face-to-face selling. Because so much the last few years that we've heard about is all about social media. Now, I am a huge fan of social media. Anybody who knows me knows that I am on Twitter. I am on Facebook. I love LinkedIn. When I give a speech to business professionals, I beat them up if they have crummy LinkedIn profiles because I think you have to be participating where your industry is participating, where your clients are participating. But that's going to be different for all of us. And there's been a lot said. There's been so much said recently about social selling. Everybody's coming in trying to sell these programs that says get your salespeople off the phone, get them out of the field, and get them using social media to you know, drive inbound sales. I'll tell you what. In most industries, in most cases, that is BS. I believe that people still do business with people they know, they like, and they trust. And I'm going to tell you that a like, a link, a share, and a follow on social media, a like, a link, a share, and a follow is not the same as a business relationship. It's not the same as a friendship. So you have to get back to those basics of really getting people fired up for what is their reputation, what is their brand, how are they treating people, what are they thinking, and how are they making other people feel about that interaction that they're having. So I have a couple of more things I want to say on this topic, but I can't do the episode without thanking my sponsor. And once again, our sponsor is Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the headaches out of creating your own podcast. If you want to do a podcast, and I know a lot of you do, because a lot of the emails that I get are, Tom, I'm interested in starting a podcast. What did you do right? What did you do wrong? There's a lot of people out there who you can go to. There's all kinds of gurus who will take your money and give you all kinds of theories and stuff. And I'll tell you what, you probably should listen to them because they're making a ton of money off their podcast. And I'm not. I actually am making my money because I am making new connections with people who are leading to business for my speaking business and my coaching business, but 
I don't get, you know, big dollar sponsorship, but I do appreciate Podfly Productions because they sponsor this show because so many of my listeners have called them and said, we want to start a podcast. What can you do for us? And I'll tell you, they do all the heavy lifting. They do all the technical. All you have to do is focus on sounding great, doing great interviews, and getting them the file. They're going to clean it up. They're going to post it. And they are fantastic to work with. So go to podfly.net slash cool things, and you're going to find out some really good ways that you too can start a podcast. So talking about, you know, sales, there's a lot of people out there who are sales gurus, and I don't want to position myself that I am the end all know all when it comes to sales, but you know, you can't have it both ways. You can't sit and tweet and expect your phone to ring and think that you're just going to count the money all day long. So I've been working with a specific coaching client who I really enjoy helping him sort of work through some breakthroughs that he's trying to do. But one of the things that we talked about is he needs to think more when he goes into a sales call, when he's actually talking to a prospect about what is it that that prospect wants. You know, I quoted Zig Ziglar a minute ago. Another great Zig Ziglar quote is, you can have anything that you want in life if you just help other people get what they want in life. Think about that for a minute. You can have anything that you desire, anything that you want, if you just help other people get what they want. So I've told this client before every single conversation he has, on the phone or in person or by email, make a list before you communicate, before you get there, before you dial, or before you hit send, what is it that the other person wants from me? What is it they want from this interaction? Make a list, make some assumptions of what is it they want from me. And if you have a chance to talk to them, ask them, what is it that you really want? What motivates you in this transaction? If they're looking between you and one of your competitors, you have to know what is it that they want that's going to help them make that decision. And you can ask them. People actually are thrilled that you take the time to find out what their needs are and then do your best to deliver what they want, not just what you want. So that's what I do with this podcast is I try to think, you know, we're coming up on a half hour. We're going to end this show in just a few minutes. But I try when I start to say if someone's going to invest 30 minutes or sometimes 40, 45 minutes, because when I interview some of these people, the shows go long because they have so many great nuggets of information. So I ask myself before I start, what do I think the audience wants? And people who correspond with me, I ask them, what else do you want in the podcast? That's how this whole idea for the group coaching came up is People told me what they wanted, so I'm, I'm looking at it to see if it's going to be a feasible thing for me to invest the time to put this together. So once I know what people want, I can help tailor what I do. And my assumptions are that you want good ideas. You want some ideas that you can put into practice for your business. You want an aha moment, if not every show, you know, you want one often or you're not going to come back. Second thing I think you want is I think you want to be inspired and you want inspiration. And some people are going to like my personality. They're going to like my ideas and they're going to find that. Other people are going to listen to this show and go, the guy's a fool. Hey, great. Go somewhere else to get your inspiration and your motivation and your good ideas because there's so much information out there. My friend Jerry O'Brien, who, by the way, if you are from an association or a company and you need an awesome speaker, you got to look up Jerry O'Brien and he spells Jerry G-E-R-R-Y and O'Brien is O-B-R-I-E-N. So he spells both his first name and his last name wrong, or at least different than we would think to spell it. But I got to tell you, he says something that is so, he tells his audiences all the time that people 
have enough information. We live in the information age. There's enough information out there. People want action. People are starving for action. So I try to give you ideas and motivation, but the idea is, is that you will take that and put that into motion because I think there is enough ideas out there. There's enough information out there and you can go, you know, two clicks on iTunes and you can find 500 podcasts on entrepreneurship and business. But you're here with me, and so that matters to me. So I want to make sure I'm giving you ideas and inspiration and motivation. And then I think you want to have a feeling of community, and that's why we're going to work on this idea of a group coaching. But also, you want to feel like, you know, I'm approachable and that we're friends, and I would like us to be friends. So send me an email and let me know why you listen to the show. Let me know what you would like from me and from this show. And because I think of those things, I try very hard to deliver it. So maybe that's what we've done today. I don't know. So before we go, I want to talk just a little bit about the Cool Things Project. And that's what I am for now calling the group coaching uh, program that we're going to put together. And the idea is it's not going to be a huge thing. I'm thinking 15 people tops. And I don't want to charge a lot of money. Some of these programs that I've looked at, you know, that are ongoing, they want, you know, several thousand dollars a year. You know, it's like, wow, I, I can't spend $10,000 a year on some coach. I just can't do that all the time, you know, but I do believe investing in yourself. So I've come up with the idea that it's $225 per quarter. And what we're going to do is a call on Google Plus video, I think every Monday, but maybe it'll work out to a different date once we get everybody in place who wants to participate. And then every quarter, I'm going to do a one-on-one -on -one coaching call with everybody who's in the program. And then beyond that, we'll figure out where it goes. Maybe we'll do an in-person meetup for everybody who participates. If we can build that sense of community, maybe we'll do a conference. I don't know. We'll just take it and see. But I'm getting the sense from a handful of people, this isn't a runaway thing, that they want that sense of community and they like cool things entrepreneurs do. So they want to do cool things together. And if that's true and if that's you, I want you to let me know and we'll see where it goes. So anyway, this was supposed to be the beach cast, but instead it's the hotel room cast. But I'm looking out the window and the sun is setting over the Gulf of Mexico in Naples, Florida, and it is beautiful. I wish you could see the sunset. But as the sun goes down for the day and as this podcast wraps up, I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank those of you who are regular listeners for being here. Do me a favor, jump over to iTunes and leave a review. God, I tell you, it's the only way this show gets found by people. The more reviews we get, the more it raises back up in the standings on iTunes, which means more people find the show and we can build more community. So go ahead and do that. But more importantly, reviews, reshmuse. More importantly, tweet me or send me an email at Tom, T-H-O-M, at Tom Singer. And then tw Twitter is at Tom Singer, T-H-O-M-S-I-N-G-E-R, or at Cool Podcast. Send me a tweet, send me an email, and let me know what you like about the show and why you listened all the way to the end while I talked to you from my hotel room. Anyway, I'll be back in a couple of days with another episode with new interviews. But in the meantime, I want you to go out there and have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. This podcast was produced in part by Podfly.net. Podfly, passion for great sounding podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.